0: Hi, welcome to the Mohua show. My name is Mohua Chinappa and I am an author, entrepreneur and ex-housewife. This podcast is about everything from business to technology to arts to lifestyle, but done and spoken, imaandari se. Hi, in today's episode, we have with us Dhruv Dodi and their pronouns are they, them, theirs and they identify as queer and non-binary. They have been working in the technology industry for almost 20 years with focus on internet protocol standardization. They are also a sari enthusiast and believes that sari draping is for everyone. They have been adorning the garment in new and innovative ways and believes that saris are suitable for anyone anywhere anytime.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Uh, my sari journey sort of started with my mother's sari. My mother passed away when I was still in college, and like all her saris were there with my dad. And my dad was moving houses, and he asked, "What do we do with these saris?" I have elder brothers who are married, but both my bhabis are in uh, US. And you know, these days people wear saris only on special occasions, and the things have changed as it comes to like you no know, the daily saree wearing and that got me like you know totally excited i was like don't you dare throw them away i need all those sarees i asked my dad travel to gwalior got the whole set of sarees with me but initially i was wearing these sarees like you know as dhotis as lungis with sort of like like what i thought would be the only way i could wear uh, sarees But then sort of the lockdown stuck and then like, you know, you needed you were always somebody who wanted to dress up and dressing up was sort of important to you. And when you had nowhere else to go, you had lockdowns, but sort of Instagram and other things made you dress up for yourself. And at that time, I just sort of like a light bulb went through that. Why am I not wearing saris in so many other ways that I could wear him? What is stopping me? And it was just like, you know, the thought of like me myself stopping me. Uh, in not going all the way, and it just clicked. I started draping saris in, like you know, in non-traditional sort of ways, and I got like you know good feedback, and it just sort of clicked. And since then, I've been draping saris. That the love for saris immediately, it just felt like coming home, and all I needed to do was give myself a permission to go beyond and not think too much about what will people say and whether it is acceptable for me to drape the sari in this particular way. But it just clicked and that's how my sari-wearing journey started.
0: It's very interesting, Dhruv, that you say that, you know, you heard yourself out first. And this is, I think, a journey that very few people can really come to an understanding with themselves. We the So, you know, you have to tell me, how did your family, how did they react to this decision of yours?
1: At least from my uh, dad's side, my dad was quite excited and it was very surprising. I was most apprehensive that he would feel like, what the hell is going on? But then he saw like, you know, seeing all the memories associated with the garments and me adorning them uh, in a way that was kind of nice. And I was sending him pictures and he was always very, uh, like, you know, appreciative of that. And then he was like, "Okay, let me dig up some more. And he was also my buas and other family members were also saying like, okay, uh, we have these saris that would you like them? And I was that was very very encouraging that like you know people got it what I was trying to do and it wasn't something that they thought was disrespectful or in any way. So at least from my family side, the reaction was pretty good. And I think they also there is so much beauty in those garments and main thing is nobody wants to see their garments put up in a trunk and not being. The moment they get the light of the day and they are being seen by other people, that's the most important thing. And that's the respect that you can give to the heritage of the garments that we have had, which is sort of kind of lost in so many families that you would see that people don't really wear these old saris uh, anymore. With my friends, it was sort of a mixed. uh, They were like, we don't know what's going on. But then slowly and slowly, they got it in the sense how important it was me, how I was confident wearing them. And how, like, you know, it is just a way for me to get my creative juices flowing. And sari is such a versatile garment that you can, like, you know, change it up. You can wear it in so many different ways. You can pair it down. You can pair it up. You can go all glam. You can go basic. You can, like, you know, do anything. And people got that. And my friends went on a journey with me. They were like, okay, what the hell? Are you going to wear saris everywhere? I was like, yes, because saris can be worn anywhere. I wear them to Dance floors, I wear them to clubs, I wear them to shopping, anything, brunches. And you realize that like the sarees are truly versatile. And initially the reactions were like sort of mixed, but now it's all positive.
0: How wonderful, how wonderful. So many of your pictures online, you pose like a goddess. So is goddess 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 you inspiration inspired in dressing?
1: We have all had pictures of our gods and goddesses at our homes who are dressed in this amazing, beautiful way. And there is nothing about gender there. Like, it's not a thought. Anybody could wear any garments. They are draped beautifully. People are wearing earrings and all the jewelries. And there is no concept of, like, no, this is for a man and this is for a woman. So it's actually, we have seen that all our lives. We have seen beautiful, uh, like, you know, pictures, beautiful carvings on the temples that we have visited. It's part of our culture. It's, in fact, we have buried it deep down now to say that, oh, this is masculine and this is feminine and it was just sort of like a homecoming to me and i anyway had learned bharatanatyam growing up so i was always very creative in that way so all these ideas of dressing up and uh, and like you know posing in a particular way has been part of my growing up years in fact something that you have curbed because you think that that you are you did not give yourself permission all this while but it was just sort of like it all clicked and it made sense and in fact, as a like you know, pure person who's looking for references in like you know, in beauty and in creativity, I think going back to the history and looking at our own art, our own culture is way more important rather than always have references of the Western culture of Lady Gaga's and Beyonce. But no, we have beautiful references of beauty culture in our own history, and I was more inspired by that.
0: Dhruv, your Instagram bio hai, usme, is something very interesting that says, I don't mind straight people as long as they behave gay in public. Tell us the thought behind this.
1: <laughs> this is kind of very interesting. It actually came from like you know, when I first came out. Many people were like, uh, yes, you can live your life. It's completely fine. Be gay. But like, you no, know, why do you have to tell people? Why do you have to always put it out there? Why are you so flaunting it? that was the uh, reaction that was very common that people were okay with you being gay as far as that you are hiding it and you are not just sort of like telling people that was like you know, maybe from my some of my friends some of my close families as well i got that reaction and i wanted to just uh, you know play it right around and say it back that i don't i would ex- i would assume everybody's gay until they tell me they are straight because that's what Happens with us? Why do we put our, like, you know, uh, this flaunted? Because we don't want to come out on a daily basis. Everybody assumes everybody is straight. Everybody assumes that everybody is a cisgender unless somebody comes out. And a way of wearing our clothes, way of dressing up, way is sort of an armor. It's like a signal that we send out to the outer world so that we don't have to come out on a daily basis. And my idea of putting this—that I don't mind straight people as long as they behave gay in public—is just turning the thing around. That that could eg- exactly be the future from my point of view. That I would assume everybody is gay unless they come out and tell me they're straight.
0: How wonderful, Dhruv. So, Dhruv, you know, in this podcast, me, I mostly do that a lot of difference between non-binary, cross-dressing, and queer. So, a lot of questions and you know. Uh, uh, you'll be the right person actually to take us through this entire understanding. And also, you know, um how when you sent your bio to me, it it said that the pronouns are they, them, theirs. It's a limited understanding. Sure.
1: So let me start with cross-dressing. Uh cross-dressing is just an act, it's an act where you decide to wear clothes that are not associated with your sex. So you are wearing clothes of opposite sex. It's not about your gender. It's not about your sexuality. It is just an act. So cross-dressing, basically straight people, gay people, anybody can do it. It's just the idea of wearing other genders clothes. So that is cross-dressing. And I don't call myself as a cross-dresser. Why? Because I'm not saying that I'm wearing clothes associated with opposite sex. Because my sex itself is non-binary. And what I mean by non-binary is in dunya, everything is sort of male, female. So that are the binaries. And when you say that, no, the world cannot be just male and female. There are so many things in between. And that is basically the idea of non-binary. We are rejecting the notion that there are only two genders in the world. They can, in fact, be no gender. They can be multiple gender. Or you could feel like one gender at one time and another gender at another time. So the idea of everything being binary, that is what we reject. And as you were quoting earlier, that binary is your computer code, which is one and zeros. But the world is not like that. In fact, even in our history, even in our mythology, even in our culture, we have seen that world is never like that. We have gods who changed gender. We have mixed gender. We have like, you know, we have always seen hindras uh, in our Indian cultures always on the street. So we have always been aware of it. But we still, when you go online and you are filling a form, you are given two options male or female. That is what we are going ag- against it. Let's not put everything in the world in binary, only two choices. When you have, when your life is filled with multiple choices, in biology, we do not have only two choices while in coding, you might have two. So that's the idea of non-binary and I uh, identify as a non-binary person. That is especially for me. The idea is I would in fact feel that there are so many things which have gender associated with it when it shouldn't. Why is my deodorant has to be a man's deodorant and my shoes have to be a uh, like you know female heel? It should fit your body, it should fit who you are, and you should be allowed to wear and feel both at the same time without people perceiving you of one gender at all times. So that's the idea of non-binary. And cure is basically, it literally means odd. It was in fact a negative term that was used against gay people for a while. It was considered offensive. But now it is actually like you know, people have taken the power back. And it is sort of an umbrella term used for everything which is non-straight and non-cisgender and in my case i don't use the word gay again because gay is sort of sometimes uh, like you know it's you are cisgender and then you are attracted to another cisgender or another male in my case i prefer the word cure because my attraction and my uh, gender is much more fluid in that way so that's why i like the term. Non binary cure, and I don't consider what I wear as cross dressing. I'm not trying to dress up as somebody else. I'm dressing like me. And that's why, like, you know, some people think of my dressing as also a drag, which is like, you know, uh, like you have heard of the term drag queen and RuPaul drag race and all these things, which are quite popular now, which is when a person dresses up or impersonate uh, a female sex. I'm not impersonating anybody, I'm just being my true self. So that's how I uh, dif- uh, define it. I hope uh, I was able to clarify these things.
0: Absolutely, Dhruv. You've uh, really clarified, and you've said a lot for me. You know, with your talks, you know, we have a lot in common because I've also reinvented myself. And for many years, sitting that reinvention wasn't easy because most people think that if you're sitting to home, you don't have much brainpower. The reinvention is wo, the word we We use reinvention, ke, revamping. Drew, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about this entire revamping that you did of your wardrobe, which was really a very personal thing of yourself. You know, what were the feelings if somebody is listening to this podcast and they need to go into their inner selves and they are frightened to take on this entire revamping of themselves? You know, what is it that they need to do? What is it that they should be prepared to face internally and with the external world?
1: This is a very interesting topic and very close to my heart as well, because I have been thinking about it. in the sense I'm now 40 and I look back at like my older pictures and uh, this and I was like I can see the essence of me still being there i I see myself I was quite gay I was flamboyant I but I did not give myself permission to do a lot of things why and I think back like you know, why I did not give myself permission what was stopping me it was not something uh sort of uh I, I had a very conscious decision it was sort of like subconsciously, You felt that this was wrong. Like This is something which is acceptable. This is the limits and this are outside the limit. And the question is when you are revamping and thinking about it, the first thing that you have to ask yourself a basic question about how you are or why you dress by asking yourself, why, why am I like this? What is about me that I'm, I'm trying to portray to the outside world? And then you have to break down walls that you have subconsciously put up in your mind of what is acceptable, what I should be doing, what I feel comfortable in. And the idea of asking that question, why, and then giving your permission, like really going deep down and asking yourself why you are like this and what you want to portray to the outside world and then working towards it. In my case, I would not say that this was like in a very philosophical or sort of uh, like you know it was both of them were very subconscious for me. I was subconsciously not uh, giving my myself permission before, and subconsciously I gave my per- myself the permission during the lockdown years when you did not have maybe that many creative outlet in life you were anyway working inside, you are always inside the house, you wanted something and they were all these saris with you and you just started playing around with them and draping them and looking online, getting inspired by other people. It was just very uh, sort of organic. But now when I think about it, when people ask me that question that what changed, then I was like, yes, what changed was sort of like I gave myself permission subconsciously. Maybe because we were in lockdown, maybe we were not dealing with so many people. We were not getting all the other external stimuli that you get from the society. And when we, you had lockdown and you were looking more inwards, the permission sort of came organically. But now to somebody, I would say, go and think and think about like, you know choices that you have always made subconsciously and ask yourself why. And when it comes to your wardrobe and your dressing, the main question is, who are you doing this for? Are you doing it for other people? Are you trying to be somebody you are not or are you trying to really find yourself? In my case, it sort of happened organically. But I would say that this can be an exercise that many people can do on their own by just going back to the basic and asking yourself why. Why am i uh, behaving or dressing in this particular way and what i consider as unacceptable and then when you think of those as unacceptable go back and ask yourself why what stopped you what is the technical if you don't look good in this particular way that's completely fine that's your reason good enough but if you feel if your answer is oh how, other people's reaction would be bad then that's not a reason to live your life we have one life We have no control over how other people are going to react, but we have full control over how you are going to feel inside uh, when you wear them. And that is way more important about somebody else's reaction, which you have no control over. You have control over your life. So take control over it. That would be my message.
0: Thank you so much, Dhruv, for being on today's podcast. Before I end, I want to quote Portia from The Merchant of Venice on cross-dressing. The quote that goes is that she will take one long step like a man instead of two short steps like a woman. What kind of lies will Portia tell? The answer is she will tell skillful lies. So thank you so much for being on today's podcast, Dhruv. And for people who need to find Dhruv, you can find him at Curry Engine. And I hope I meet you, Dhruv, soon in person. Thank you. To you our dearest listeners you can find us on your favorite streaming services Spotify Amazon Music Apple Podcast and of course on all other major streaming services with loads of love we are the Mohua show where we talk imandari se